0: Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the, I guess that's why they call it, the Elton John podcast podcast. Today's episode is called, rather dramatically, The Songs They Gave Away. It's about songs that Elton, and in most cases Bernie, wrote, not for themselves, but for other musicians to sing. And there's an awful lot of very good music in today's episode. We started off with a failed attempt at this elton's demo of chameleon it's actually a much lower generation version than what i've heard circulating it's also not horribly sped up like that one so it's a bit of an upgrade elton wrote this specifically for the beach boys probably around the time of captain fantastic being recorded in the summer of 1974
1: mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the lord he is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored he hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword his truth is marching on
2: glory glory hallelujah glory
1: glory hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah His truth is marching
0: on The Beach Boys were in a very weird place in 1974. On one hand, they were gaining respect and fans with their massive Endless Summer Best Of album riding high in the charts, Rolling Stone magazine calling them the band of the year somehow. In reality, though, Brian was in a terrible state. There were probably some deeper lows yet to come for him, but still things weren't looking too good. Their most recent album had been Holland back in 1973. Blondie Chaplin and Ricky fatar they'd kept their sound relevant and they kept the band on their toes, but they'd turned their back on the beach boys by then and the next album of original material wouldn't come out until 1976. They were recording though with Brian, act caribou during the autumn of 1974 and elton and the band encountered brian looking paranoid and shabby a few times at the ranch their sessions didn't come to anything they worked on songs like the battle hymn of the republic the complete disaster i'm talking all over and good timing which would end up in a modified form on the light album They pretended that the tapes got burned so they wouldn't have to talk about them anymore. One would have thought that 1974-era Brian would have been crying out for music as strong as Chameleon, but he's a complicated man, and he makes his decisions based on hunches and grudges. Uh, Who knows what was going on in his head? And it would take quite a few years before we'd get our Brian Wilson elton john collaboration anyway this isn't sail on the excellent beach boys podcast so it's time to get on with the elton today is going to be a radio show so i'll mostly be playing the songs in full there are some notable absences there are just too many of these songs so i decided to split it into two shows with the other one to come in the distant future there's no choice but to start with Kiki D, since she is the artist that Elton wrote the most music for over the years. Here then from Kiki's debut on Rocket, Loving and Free in 1973 is the incredible Lonnie and Josie.
3: Me and Lonnie. Come down a Cadillac Outside Laredo in the heat of the sun. The driver was tanned and he looked like a salesman. We were just children on the run. He talked real funny, like we never heard.
0: Josie, written by Elton, with Bernie, of course. Very much at the top of their game in the spring of 1973. In their book, Rocket Man, Claude Bernardin and Tom Stanton describe the three Kiki D songs that Elton and Bernie wrote during this period as being outtakes of Goodbye Illibrick Road. In terms of the writing of the songs, this looks to be true, Elton's album was written and recorded at the Chateau, eventually, in May 1973, while Kiki's album was recorded in London the following month, June, produced by Elton and Clive Franks. As well as there not being any other obvious time period for them to have written the song, it also fits right in with the basic theme of Elton's album. It's such a cinematic lyric. It's a cousin to danny bailey all the girls love alice the working title of elton's album was silent movies talking pictures and this story song certainly belongs with that concept album musically it has the full elton band of the era along with a bonus guitarist paul keogh a session man who'd go on to work with kate bush it certainly has got a really similar rootsy sound to some of the songs on goodbye at brick road davy's very evident here the way that the acoustic guitar and the mandolin are balanced along with the tone that he's chosen for his electric guitar it's very reminiscent of his amazing work on the song captain fantastic later on alongside him it's the classic elton john rhythm section d who played on every track of this album and he sounds incredible here dancing around in the sad little chorus of the song, the true chorus of the song. Nigel only played on the three Elton penned songs from this era and Elton played piano on those three songs. He also put electric piano on a few other songs on the album. The backing vocals are from Leslie Duncan and the chanter sisters, and they sound very powerful ABBA-like in places this is a real team effort reading the credits gives you a lovely warm feeling inside these early rocket releases had such a homespun feel to them let's listen to the b-side of that song Um, it was in fact released as a single in 1973 it didn't chart it's called the last good man in my life There goes a song that straightforwardly rocks. Lyrically, it's not exactly a wash with imagery from Bernie. It's autumn in my heart. Kiki sings, scheming to have another go at a relationship that seems to have run its course. It doesn't feel as though the gender's been reversed. Probably the song was originally written for Kiki, unlike Lonnie and Josie, although it's impossible to tell. The band have found a... vamping staggering kind of shuffle sort of jagged and uneven in a way that not many elton john songs are what a wonderful pair of songs these are on this single hearing these for the first time and realizing what you're dealing with elton and bernie at the top of that game and the very best version of the Elton John band, arguably playing at their pinnacle. What a treat it is. It's like Goodbye Yellow Brick Road suddenly got three songs bigger, although we're not gonna hear the third song super cool today. So from one pivotal figure in Elton's musical career to another, at some point in 1970, I think December, Elton met up with Long John Baldry at a party and the idea was hatched for Elton to produce one side of an album for him. Rod Stewart was already signed up to produce the other side. Elton found the material for his side, including one song of his own, Rock Me When He's Gone. Born the
2: wine and give it to me one more time again Licking on the sun
4: A truck's sitting in the backyard So come here and give me some Lady, that's the way
2: You gotta rock me when it's gone You make me feel like a diesel train going home We got so much to give each other
0: there's a good chance then that this song was written in december of 1970 which would mean that it would probably be the first song that elton wrote after his success came in the usa let's listen to the actual thing then with john baldry's wonderfully gruff voice all over it recorded in february 71 released in june that same year it's john baldry's rock me when he's gone
2: the wine and give it to me just one more time again I'm just a rolling stone who needs a drop of rain and I taste your honey more like a licking on the sun I tracks to in your backyard so come here and give me some said a lady that's the way you gotta rock me when it's gone make me feel like a diesel train going on We got so much to give each other and we've only just begun So take me baby, break me lady, gotta rock me when it's gone Break the bread in two and you can't give me i I driven hard and fast just to make Inside your door Clutching in my hand bought a rose from Baltimore I said, "A oh, lady, that's the way You gotta rock me when he has gone You make me feel like a diesel train going on We got so much to give each other And we've only just begun So take me Break me, lady, gotta rock me when it's gone
0: Along with Baldry, you heard Elton on piano, Dave Glover on bass, Roger Pope on drums, Caleb Quay on organ, although he does play guitar elsewhere on this album. In other words, that's Hookfoot, along with many backing vocalists, including Leslie Duncan, Strike and Burrows, Tony Hazard, Madeline Bell and Roger Cook. Of course these are the same names as we find all over the credits of the second third and fourth elton john albums the band sound great elton's rolling piano part is phenomenal and the solo's not bad either all in all it's a great gift from elton to someone who'd been so important to him during his slow slow rise in the music business elton was a busy boy at the beginning of 1971 after the utter madness of August to December 1970 he had 16 gigs in the UK during January of 1971 simultaneously he had to be getting himself ready for the five separate recording sessions for LJB's album his first ever production job which took place between the 1st and the 11th of February and then by the 27th he had to be in the studio in his own right, recording Leave On and Goodbye. All the while, there were 12 more gigs to play during February. Then, on the 3rd of March, he had to be ready and rehearsed for the orchestral show at the Royal Festival Hall, with its wildly different set list. Elton wasn't just a hard-task master with himself. According to John Baldry. He was very serious in the studio as a producer. Whereas recording with Rod was apparently a late-night, debauched affair, Elton's sessions were a lot more regimented. LJB said in an interview about the process, Reggie is a bit of a sadist and he likes to work at nine in the morning. When we did the album, I got about 30 minutes sleep a day. I was doing a two-week residency in Manchester so I would do my show until 2 a.m. and then sleep a few hours, grabbing the early plane to London to do the Elton sessions, and then I would fly back in the late afternoon. I was actually quite worn out from all this. Interestingly, Elton wasn't done with the song, and later on, probably in August, which is when the choir were in the studio recording tracks for Madman, he had another run-through of the song himself in a stripped back but fully realized version. difficult to see why they would have done a recording at that stage maybe they were just killing time in the studio waiting for Buckmaster to finish work on the famously very delayed manuscripts at around the same time Elton also played it live a bunch of times starting in mid 1971 and for the last time in March 1972 it's time to move on Turning a full 180 then, here's a little ditty Elton wrote for Bonnie Tyler. It's called I Loved a Man, and it's from
4: 1988. I loved a man whose name was Tom. He swung the a bear in two yards long. I loved a man whose name was Dick. He was big as a barrel and three feet big. Of love the man whose name was Harry Six feet tall and sweet as a cherry But the one I love best to wait for his sleep Was little Willie Wee and he's six feet deep. Poor Tom Dick and Harry were three fine men to me and run me on the ground But whenever I love another man back Johnny from the hill of sailing Jack, I always think as they do what they please A Tom Dick and Harry who does please But most I think wouldn't buy the sign of down the night
0: too much information to be had about this song it's something that elton contributed to a george martin project a production of dylan thomas's play under milk wood where bonnie tyler guested along with a host of other welsh stars including anthony hopkins and tom jones the musicians are george martins although elton is on keyboard I think that Elton's written better, more authentic-sounding folk tunes than this one, but it is nice to hear that side of him after so much time and so much music has passed since the Empty Sky days. Speaking of the folky side of Elton, one of the real surprises in Rare Masters was Elton's version of Planes. The song was written during the Captain Fantastic sessions in the summer of '74 according to Bernardin and Stanton. The recorded version that we have apparently comes from the Rock of the Westies sessions, according to the liner notes.
4: Oh, Jesse, I like to be One of those men upon the screen With an elegant lady And a cafe in Paris Serving perno and glue with cream You can see it, I know All the doors have been closed in my face And the drinks at the cab
0: this is an autobiographical, self-referential song and that, to me, seals its position alongside the other lyrics for the Captain Fantastic project. Just like Curtains, which references Scarecrow, A Dandelion Dies in the Wind, The Angel Tree and arguably regimental Sergeant Zippo, in its line, Treasure Children Always Seek to Find, Plains is also full of references to their earlier work. For a start, it's a basic rewrite of the ultra rarity watching the planes go by one of two songs on the scrapped zippo album that haven't really circulated i did do a dramatic reading of the lyrics that we do know from that song in episode three they go a bit like this look up in the sky there's a dust speck flying by i look up and i don't know why seems that i spend most of my time watching the planes go by and there's certainly something of that in won't you look at the planes riding down the skyway, although that does sound a whole lot cooler, it has to be said. There's also a reference to Skyline Pigeon in Don't It Make You Want to Fly Someday. Just like that song, which was a big part of my episode 12, this is a real dreamer song set explicitly in the mid to late 1960s. There's a parallel that's drawn between that dream, drinking Pernod and Kahlua with cream along with an elegant lady in Paris, with the reality of getting drunk and getting doors slammed in your face at the Caspar Club. The Caspar was Pete Best's mum's club in Liverpool, and they hosted Bluesology at least once, according to Bernardin Stanton. Maybe, then, this was written for Dreamer Elton, as a counterpart to Dreamer Bernie in Skyline Pigeon looking out into the sky and trying to imagine what success and a better life would actually look like. I love Elton's version of this song. It's such a delicate, folky reading. It's one of those tunes with a kind of double helping of chorus. Even with the rather incongruous fuzz bass, synthesised bass, it's a fantastic success. It's difficult to say why it took until 1992 for this song to come out. Maybe it didn't make it onto Captain Fantastic because that version, which hasn't circulated, was seen as being a bit too similar to the title track of the album. Maybe they didn't want to waste it as a B-side either. Then the band split so they tried it again with the new musicians, giving us the version that we know now but it just fell out of favor maybe because it didn't match with the rocking attitude that they were going for at the time. Honestly, I'm just guessing. I have no idea. But by the end of um, 1975, the beginning of 76, it was gifted to Colin Blundstone, ex of the zombies, now a Rocket Records recording artist. And his version produced by Gus Dudgeon was released in October of that year.
5: Jesse, I'd like to be One of those men up on the screen With an elegant lady And a cafe in Paris Serving pino and Kahlua With cream You can't see it, I know all the doors have been closed in my face And the drinks at the cas Bar About a mile or more from this place you just here, won't you?
0: Colin's got such a silken voice, still intact to this day, if you're thinking of catching him live. His version of this song is not as ornate, not as folky in the guitar work as Elton's version. Davey really shines on that. Colin's version's a bit more middle of the road. Still, it's got to be seen as being the definitive version of this song. Gus Dudgeon brought in Barry Morgan on drums and Del Newman, who arranged the strings on the album Goodbye at Road, did the same here. Rod Argent from The Zombies was also involved. Here's another artist who saw some patronage from Elton, this time in the 1980s, Olivia Newton-John. And it seems to me you lived your life like a camel. worked with Olivia Newton-John on her TV special in 1980 where they performed this beautiful version of Candle in the Wind together. Elton also debuted Little Genie that day and he joined Olivia, Cliff Richard and Andy Gibb for an entirely forgettable old boy where the only highlight was Elton in frontman mode throwing the microphone up in the air and dropping it on the floor. Elton obviously stayed in contact in one way or another, and in, in late 1987, early 1988, while he was working with James Newton Howard at James's house in Los Angeles on songs that would eventually end up on Red Strike's back, he and James decided to donate one of the songs that was knocking around, a Bernie lyric called The Rumour, to Olivia. She released it as a single and also the title track of her 1988 album As well as singing and contributing keyboard, Elton co-produced the song along with James Newton Howard. It was the only song that they made any contribution to on the album. At that time, after the collaboration in Australia with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, they were still working closely together. The songs A Word in Spanish and The Camera Never Lies were apparently sketched out at James Newton Howard's house, presumably some other material as well. Maybe it was James who suggested the link-up. He'd done arrangements for Olivia Newton-John way back in 1977 after Elton's first retirement. So she was certainly in both of their contact books anyway. In terms of the writing, it sounds a lot like Philadelphia Freedom. Also, I keep expecting it to break into the heels of the wind at the end of the chorus. It's got some great ideas of its own though it's a good energetic piece of music that unfortunately suffers a little bit under the weight of the synthesised sounds of the era and just like I Don't Want to Go On Like That the song was given the Shep Pettibone treatment almost seven minutes worth I'll spare you that delight though next a song that was definitely written for the man who came to record it it's Snookaroo released by Ringo Starr on his album Goodnight Vienna in 1975 I was
1: born in the north of England, I was raised in a working town I broke all the rules when I went to school, but the teachers couldn't pin me down I tried to make my parents proud, by adapting to the social path Back to
0: The song was probably written around the same time as the material for Caribou at the ranch at the beginning of 1974. Torpin had said that he had Yellow Submarine in mind when he wrote the lyric to this simple biographical thing as he described it. How much it's actually got to do with Ringo's childhood is up for debate. Elton said that he tried to write a simple sort of melody to match it. He pushed it a little bit in terms of Ringo's vocal range. That high, snookaroo, tops out at an F4. A semitone higher than Ringo's famous, with a little help from my friends, note, which is a sustained E4. Elton and Bernie were moving in wild circles at the time. Bernie in particular could call Ringo a close friend and they were out drinking together all the time, calling themselves the Hollywood Vampires, along with Alice Cooper, Mickey Dollins, Harry Nilsson, as well as occasional members John Lennon, John Belushi, Mark Bolan when he was over, Mal Evans, Keith Emerson, Joe Walsh and Klaus Vorman. Elton was a bit too busy to get sucked into the vampires, but he was in for the musical side of things. What a band he got to play with here. What a moment in his career. Ringo on the drums, Klaus Vormann on bass, Robbie Robertson from the band on guitar, Elton on piano, and James Newton Howard on synthesizer the first time they worked on a song together. Throw some stonking horns on top, and you've got a pretty solid slice of what we probably would call slacker rock. It was recorded in August 74 in Los Angeles, produced by Richard Perry, who co-produced Safe as Milk for Captain Beefheart. Gotta get my Beefheart reference in there somehow. It came out on the A side of a single in the UK on the 21st of February 75, but it didn't chart. It was the B side of No No Song in the USA, and it got to number three in the charts. Now we move on to the last song of today's show, namely Sweetheart on Parade, a song by Elton and Gary Osborne that was almost definitely written for a woman to sing, maybe Kiki? Lyrically, it's not a million miles away from Cage the Songbird. It's impossible to say exactly when it was written, but cover versions of this song started coming out in 1982. That's when the Albert Hammond version came out it had james newton howard on keyboards he restyled the song as hero on parade albert hammond is the strokes guitarist's dad incidentally two other versions followed in 1984 first by english folk legend judy collins and then a french version called quelques mots essentiels by franck noel You'll notice I'm not playing any of them. I'm going to end this episode with Elton's demo of that. And this is a wonderful thing. Probably recorded about 1980, maybe 81. Of course, this recording has circulated widely, but just like Chameleon, the version I'm going to play is a much lower generation copy of the recording than the one that typically circulates. I've done a bit of work on it as well, the first few seconds were missing in my source, so I've patched them in from the circulating recording. This conveniently lets you hear the difference and lets you hear the degree to which this is an upgrade. My version also ran at a lower pitch than the circulating version. The noisy version was in the key of E at about 334 hertz, while this new cleaner copy was in E at about 326 Concert E is 329. So they're both neither here nor there. And in the end, I matched the dropped in snippet to the lower pitch of the cleaned up version. Elton's voice sounded more natural to me down there. And I tried to be just as hands off as possible. Some totally unnecessary detail for you there. Okay, so if you're enjoying the podcast, maybe you could write a review on iTunes. If you've got any comments or suggestions, feel free to send me an email at eltonpodcast at gmail.com and I promise you'll get a reply. Thanks to everyone that's been emailing and commenting. It means a lot to me. Off we go then. On the uh, wings of this wonderful demo recording from Elton, what a joy it is to hear this in such high quality.
1: Everybody loves to love The local girl made good Sure